Well, despite a highly challenging environment, Teresa has reported a 7.3% increase in annual profit as a jump in chrome prices offset the impact of weaker PGM rates. We're now joined by CEO Fevis Perulis um, to talk to us on these numbers. Um, Fevis, good afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon and great to be here with you. Thanks. All right, Fevis, let's talk about this. Record profits, um, commodity price uh you know, the boom is cooling a little bit. So let's just talk about these earnings and how um, you've had to offset somewhere between retaining earnings, but also, you know, really rewarding your, your shareholders. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been our best year on record when we look at production, you know, the, the metrics in our control, the productivity, the efficiency of our mine. So very pleased with the performance uh, producing record platinum group metals, 179.2 thousand ounces and chrome concentrate production up at 1.58 million tons, really being the, the cornerstone of us being able to, to generate uh, more revenue, a record revenue of some $686 million. Um, and really what supported that was that, as you mentioned, the higher chrome prices, uh, almost 35% up year on year. And this in spite of the platinum group metal basket price dropping around 16% year on year. But we have to remember in the context of the weaker South African RAND, it really supports us exporters that sell in US dollars. So the RAND devalued around 6.8% uh, from the prior year. So that gave us a bit of a cushion when it comes to uh, those inflationary costs. Mm -hmm. So so when we look at, you know, the big question is how do you manage inflation in, in these mm -hmm. unpredictable times? Our counter really is to be efficient, to be as productive as possible and lower that unit cost uh, as far as possible. Yeah, I'm actually glad that you've moved on to inflation because I was going to ask about how you've absorbed that, but you've answered that. So let's talk about operating in Zimbabwe though. Do we exaggerate that hyperinflation issue in Zimbabwe? Is it bad fevers and it really does take meticulous management? Yeah, certainly requires meticulous management and focus. Um, it is bad and, and you have a, almost a dual uh, conversion rate, you know, the official rate and then the unofficial rate. I think what's important for us again and a natural hedge is that we are a dollar denominated business. So we're not relying on our revenue stream in terms of the Zimbabwean dollar. It is obviously um, based off the export market prices in, in the terms of PGM basket prices. And so we get those revenues in dollars. So we've got protection on that side. In terms of the costs, there's a blend or a hybrid between hard currency costs and then local costs. And, and you know, there's this hybrid transition that requires that careful management, uh, as, you, as you rightfully say. Uh, but it is something that is being well managed by our peers on the Great Dark. You know, it's a well-established mining industry and, and, and country. Uh, so, so we take comfort and, and uh, example from, from our peers. All right. Another decision that you would have made this year, Fevis, was really um, opting to stay away from rail, um, keeping your products on the road. Um, let's talk about the cost of that, the cost versus benefit. Um, I guess the, the biggest benefit is that you managed to then dodge all the issues at Transnet. Yeah, so look, it's actually been a transition over a couple of years where historically we moved around 75% of our product by rail. And as we saw, you know, capacity and availability 
declining, we started migrating. And now the ratio has completely shifted, you know, 80, 20, 80 percent being on road. So so it's it's really just the only mechanism that we have to get our product to ports. And we've opened up uh, more than just the traditional Richards Bay port to export our product. So really credit to our logistics teams that manage to deliver products through these supply chain constraints. In terms of costs, again, when you bring it back to dollar terms, we do have that softening of the weaker end uh, when, when we look at it. But I, I think the real you know, shock in terms of cost were the sea freight rates. Uh, we saw prices hitting nearly $50 a ton uh, at the peak during this last financial year. I'm glad to report back that that is a thing of the past and we're seeing normalized rates, you know, sub $25 a ton. And that's really just margin that's getting, you know, eaten away by your cost structure. So I think it was really a function of supply shortage of vessels and, and those expensive routes uh, taking priority. So let's also talk about the ports. Um, what you then have, Amphiv, um, is that you've dealt with South African ports, but you've also dealt with the Maputo ports. I'm very keen to find out, just from your experience, um, having worked with both ports, um, could we be learning as South Africa from the Maputo port? Uh, what are they getting right that we don't seem to quite be, um, you know, yeah, getting right? Look, I, I think in, we, from our experience, you know, we have our own office in Richards Bay Dry Bulk Terminal, and we've managed the relationship with Transnet Port Authority is exceptionally well. So, so we have we don't have these horror stories that you hear about in in the media and so mm-hmm. forth. And it's just our approach to life is that we mitigate the risks as far as possible, and, and we believe in long term relationships. And, and even on the rail, when we do have allocation, you know, we we, we have a very positive and engaging um, relationship. And I think the the tragedy here is the infrastructure doesn't allow for the relationship to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. So there's endemic. Uh, real real issues that need to be resolved at Transnet uh, infrastructurally wise mm-hmm. and then obviously from a management perspective which we've all uh, fully aware of. I think Maputo being a new channel for us has been refreshing. Make no mistake, there are challenges, you know, crossing the border, there are bottlenecks, there are issues to contend with and deal with but I think it's, it's you know, let's call it a more modern uh, infrastructure, more efficient um, if, we, if we look at it on a comparative basis. All right, Fever's keen to find out on your outlook um, for the year ahead. We are hearing all sorts of stories about a recession. Um, you know, you are an ore miner, so China also, you know, really battling this year. And um, what is your outlook just for the business um, moving forward? Yeah, so look, I think we're positive in terms of the things we can control. So we've increased our guidance in terms of PGM output, sort of a midpoint of 180,000 ounces, uh, chrome up to 1.8 million tons uh, from the 1.58, so a nice big jump there. Um, We're looking at efficiencies and optimization throughout our businesses to manage those unit costs. Uh, We have got the relief of of the sea freight rates that I mentioned. So so there are some re- some pressure points that are being relieved in terms of these cost structures. We haven't seen it yet in terms of diesel and fuel, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, hopefully things ease in terms of oil prices going forward. Um, when we look at uh, you know the the recessionary issues and the demand for our commodities, we still are pretty confident that demand will continue. When we look at stainless steel and China being the main recipient of our chrome concentrates and Indonesia, we've seen through this very harsh COVID lockdown policy, very strong demand 
very buoyant prices we've spoken about. And if there is an easing of those COVID policies, which is predicted, and 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 most people believe in the new year that will that will sort of start filtering through with stimulus packages just to try and reinvigorate the domestic economy, mm-hmm. we should see an improvement in in that export market. Uh, on the flip side, on mm-hmm. the PGM basket price, we've seen continued deficits in terms of palladium and rhodium, hence the higher prices. Mm-hmm. And platinum, uh, generally, we we believe, as most analysts, that we are heading for a deficit yeah. where basically supply is constrained, demand is outstripping uh, the, the forecast supply, sure. and we should start seeing uh, some uh, some price movement in platinum. We've already started seeing it yes. break through the $1,000 uh, per ounce mark, uh, which really bodes well, we believe, for the future. So you've got this macro overlay of recessionary mm-hmm. Uh, concerns, but yet when we look at the fundamentals of supply constraints, Mm -hmm. demand fundamentals returning, uh, you know, demand returning to internal combustion Mm -hmm. engines, um, as well as the hydrogen economy, which, you know, it's no longer just a story, it's no longer a talk shop, we're seeing, you know, hundreds of billions of rands and dollars being invested into this uh, new zero emission decarbonization solution. And the net beneficiaries of that? are the platinum producers in South Africa as we produce 70% of the world's platinum. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Pivis. We are out of time. Um, thank you for that Thanks, outlook. Um, that was CEO of Teresa Pivis Perolis.